We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We are here for a bonus podcast. We're presenting this one to you ad-free, and we are joined by a special guest. He is running for FIDE president. He's also 31 years of age, a grandmaster. He's a PhD in agriculture and applied economics from Texas Tech University, originally from Ukraine. Um, And he is a grandmaster who was Ukraine's under-18 national champion. He won the Winter Chess Classic in 2018. He, these days, lives in sunny Los Angeles, where he is a senior associate at PricewaterhouseCoopers. But of course, he's running to be FIDE president, and that's what we're here to discuss. But first of all, let's welcome Grandmaster Andre Barish-Politz to the show. Welcome, Andre. Thank you. Thank you, Ben, so much for, for inviting. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you. I'm I have to admit, I've um, I've enjoyed hearing your message. I'm friendly with your vice president, uh, vice presidential candidate, P. 
Peter Hein Nielsen, who um, was recently on the podcast, and uh, I had offered to to interview you just as a way to help spread your message, and I'll be reaching out to the other FIDE candidates as well. Um, we've got the election coming up August 5th, I believe it is. It is definitely taking place at the Olympiad. Um, and Andre, it's, it's, it seems to me that you've got a pretty good life there in sunny Los Angeles uh, with a good job. So what um, what made you decide to run for FIDE president? Oh, well, uh, you know, Ben, to your point about good life, it's uh, it's indeed very sunny here in, in Los Angeles, around 90 degrees, but uh, it's really not not the case back home in Ukraine and uh, many of my relatives, pretty much all my relatives are, are, are there. And uh, uh, frankly, the, the, those past months were uh, very challenging for, uh, for me personally, as well as for uh, many Ukrainians, if not to say all the Ukrainians. And uh, definitely it's, it's a big shock for the entire world. Um, but to your question about my motivation and what actually made me to run for these elections, uh, I, I just see and feel that in the chess world, uh, many people are very much disappointed with uh, with what we see. And uh, uh, primarily, I mean that we have Arkady Dvorkovich, who is a long-term Russian politician, and he, he tries to get reelected and, and still represent us as a chess world, uh, which is uh, completely unacceptable for, for me personally, as well as many chess players. Uh, and, and definitely, I think we need need a better representation of us, and we, we need to talk about this openly and discuss it broadly. Uh, that for many years, I think uh, we, we just got used to this uh, uh, representation because Arkady Dvorkovich is not the first Russian politician who runs FIDE. And uh, let us not forget that before that, we had 23 years of Kersan Olimzhinov. And, and frankly, for me, I guess, as for many other chess players, it's just simply disappointing that we cannot... Uh, uh, have be the open and, uh, and a really democratic institution. And at this point, uh, I, I just realized that uh, we definitely need alternative. We definitely need uh, uh, a good candidate who, who at least would offer alternative to, to the member federations. And, uh, and then I realized sometime in, in the end of April that we simply don't have uh, such alternatives this time, which is also completely amazing to me. Because I, I still do believe that uh, despite uh, that Gary Kasparov lost in 2014 and, and Bessel Koch in 2006, uh, they were in, indeed excellent candidates. But still, we, we sh- should not give up and we should uh, try to offer a better future and a better alternative. Because ultimately, I have no doubt that the uh, future of FID is to be a democratic institution with uh, uh, more open structure and, and a better governance. And, and definitely it's it's not the case uh, as of today. And that's why uh, the, this whole idea for me to run, it came to my mind. And then I thought, uh, yeah, we, we need an alternative. And I looked at myself <laughs> and then I realized, yeah, I can be such alternative. Why not? I, mean, I have quite good credentials. I'm from the chess world. I really love chess. And uh, pretty much all my life is related to chess. And, and simply I just cannot stand aside and say, like, hey, I'm, I'm okay with, with the current situation. And I'm okay that uh, Arkady Dvorkovich tries to get reelected and pretend that uh, we're all okay and, and the things are normal. And, and despite saying that we have so m- many problems and so many challenges uh, inside FIDE, and, and I just uh, have a feeling that many people are in disbelief that we can make those changes. Uh, but, but I'm not giving up. I am very much in belief that, uh, yeah, we, we, we do have an option. We do have a chance for changes. Okay. Yeah. And first of all, Andre, I, I didn't mean to make light of, to, to imply that things in your life are easy because obviously, as you alluded to with 
Russia attacking Ukraine uh, unprovoked and, you know, the um, just staggering damage that that's created both on like a human and an economic level. Um, I, I did want to be clear that I didn't mean to imply that that it's an easy time right now. It has to be a very difficult time. Um, is is everyone in your immediate family have have they been okay? I'm somewhat hesitant to ask, but I am curious. No, no. Actually, th- thank you for asking and thank you for pointing this out. Uh, I know it's it's very uncomfortable uh, talks, and, and definitely I would I myself I would prefer that we talk about chess, but but unfortunately that's the times we are living and. And definitely for the entire world, it's uh, the question is is far beyond uh, being being simple, of course, because seeing how people die every day, uh, we cannot stay neutral. We cannot say that we we think about culture, about theaters, about chess, about movies. Uh, definitely, it's 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 not that easy. Uh, regarding my family, uh, uh, they they are more or less okay. So thanks God, uh, they are not hurt and. Uh, of course, they're all in very different conditions because they have many relatives and they live in different parts of Ukraine. Uh, my parents, they live in Kiev uh, and um, they're doing well to, to, to the extent possible these days. Okay, well, I am glad to hear that. But yeah, obviously, again, um, just such a huge impact on the Ukrainian populace and even on Ukrainian chess players, uh, for that matter. So is it safe to say, Andre, that if it were not for Russia attacking Ukraine, you you would not be running for FIDE president? Uh, well, you, frankly, I have to admit, yes, because uh, for myself personally, and I think as for, for many other uh, chess players who, who are really dissatisfied and d- disgusted with the idea that we still have a Russian influence in chess, uh, still there is not much, much motivation to, to change the things simply because people don't, don't believe it's possible. But but for me it's kind of a, a double attack. So it's not only attack on on, on Ukraine. It's it's really attack on the chess world, and uh, I'm I'm really concerned that um, image of the chess world and image of us who represent the chess world is is under serious threat. And uh, reelecting Dvorkovich is just uh, further uh, j- further jeopardizing uh, our reputation and our image. And, and definitely, how we can uh, attract people to chess, how we can. Uh, find any new sponsorship deals. So for, for me, it's, it's also a principle stand that uh, definitely we need to do something about it. And uh, and of course, I personally, uh, when I thought of uh, running myself, uh, I definitely would would uh, support a worthy candidate. So let's say if, if it was Gary Kasparov, uh, of course, he's, he's way more popular in the chess world uh, than myself. And he has better chances to win, probably. Uh, but now at this point, it is clear to me that uh, I, I did the right thing by entering the elections. And uh, it, it's really great that I got uh, the needed support to, to be officially nominated. And now I, I definitely feel that uh, out of four options, and if I'm an outsider viewer, I would definitely pick myself as a candidate, as a future president. Okay. And what, so obviously your point is well taken about the Russian ties uh, to FIDE. I know that there are, that um, President Tvorkovich has has done some good things, but as you allude to, in in the light of uh, of the Russian Ukrainian war, it's um, certainly um, not a great time to be closely affiliated with Russia for the chess world or for any other corporate entity for that matter. Um, but what specifically would you and Peter look to do? You mentioned uh, looking for corporate sponsors. What, what else would you guys be looking to do um, if you were elected president, Andre? 
yes, the, the very first thing that uh, FIDE desperately needs is, is a change of government. Uh, basically, FIDE uh, has been functioning for many years as, uh, um, as a corporation that pretty much belongs to, to one person, or it's better to say it, it resembles the model of autocracy. And why I'm saying this? Simply because the uh, president has enormous powers like appointing um, all the chairmen and uh, delegates of non-elected commissions, which currently we have uh, 16. Uh, also, uh, personal appointments of um, uh, pretty much half of the FIDE Council. And under previous uh, FIDE version of the FIDE Charter, uh, the powers were even even more than that. And definitely that's, that shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be the case, because uh, as I already mentioned, FIDE has to be more democratic in the sense that we should not rely on, on one person and say like, hey, if, uh, if something happens to the president, then FIDE just falls apart. Uh, that should not be the case, definitely. So we, we need to have a governance in which uh, really we have uh, uh, democratic control of uh, who we elect and who runs FIDE. Uh, meaning that uh, to my point of view, president should not be the, the person to whom we just uh, delegate all the management functions, all the appointments of management board and so on. So definitely there has to be control over that. And uh, moreover, I think that such important decisions as appointment of uh, management board, they should be under the discretion of FIDE Council and they should be completely transparent and, uh, and understandable for member federations as well as uh, uh, pretty clear to, to the chess world. Okay. And do you have specific people in mind for appointments, Andre? Uh, frankly, I think that the, the, the whole idea should be this way. It should be an open and transparent bid in which uh, people will have uh, the following idea that uh, we announce uh, that positions are open and then we give uh, some time uh, for people to, to apply for those positions. And then it is going to be an open discussion inside the FIDE Council to, to appoint the people. So it shouldn't be like, okay, I'm bringing my friend because I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, they are capable of doing things. And they appoint them internally and nobody knows uh, why I appointed them, what's their salary, what's their functions and so on. Okay, and how did you uh, connect with uh, Grandmaster Peter Hein Nielsen, who, of course, is um, um, uh, Magnus Carlsen's head trainer and um, you know many-time Danish champion, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and your vice presidential yeah. candidate? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I actually I met uh, uh, actually I haven't even met Peter personally. Right. Uh, I got yeah I got acquainted him uh, online also around that time, around three months ago. Um, because I know that Peter is also very much disappointed with how things are done uh, inside FIDE. And I began uh, discussing with him uh, what he thinks about it. And of course, for me, it was quite easy to, to introduce myself because we're both chess players. And of course, uh, we, we got common language pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, it's language of chess. And, and then uh, we, we, we just saw that we were actually aligned in many things, how we see what, what is wrong with FIDE, what we think uh, should be improved and definitely uh, we both think that it's, it's completely unacceptable to have uh, a president who is closely tied to Russian government. So that, that's, uh, that's how we began discussing. And then uh, when, when I uh, shared my idea with Peter that uh, I, I think someone should be running, I think that's a good idea for me to run and uh, I'm looking for a deputy uh, president. Uh, Peter agreed uh, to, to, to run with me and of course I'm very much grateful uh, uh, for for his decision 
Yeah, um, he certainly, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to the Chicken Chess Club podcast, but it's a regular topic of conversation, uh, the election, and I know that he, he feels strongly about uh, increased transparency in FIDE. But I have heard, Andre, a couple people raise the specter of sort of conflicts of interest. Um, obviously, uh, Peter is Magnus Carlsen's head trainer, so it's possible, you know, that you could find yourself in a. We don't know what's happening with Magnus in the World Championship anyway. At least as we record this, but negotiating a World Championship match with Magnus or something like that. Like, how would you handle any situations where you, where people felt there was a conflict of interest? Well, def- definitely. First of all, it's it's a good idea to to declare the conflict of interest, uh, and that that's something that we see uh, not always uh, has been done inside FIDE. Um, and uh, to, to your question, I, I'm not personally aligned to, to Magnus in any way. And uh, let's imagine that uh, I'm being reelected, which I really hope that it, it's going to happen. And by the way, it's going to be on August 7th, just to... Oh, sorry, August 7th. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. August 7th. Um, uh, definitely, th- those are complicated issues. And, and I, I would say uh, the following, that it's it should not be kind of a negotiation between two people uh, on... Uh, making a decision whether, whether it's to do or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it has to be uh, according to, um, uh, to established rules, I would say, and to, to what uh, FIDE Council thinks of that. And uh, because it's quite, quite an important issue. It's a, it's a strategic uh, thing, um, how, how we uh, establish the world championship cycle. And uh, I, I also not sure that I, I mean, not that I'm not sure. I'm a hundred percent sure that it's a bad idea to change uh, um, uh, the rules during the World Championship cycle, uh, regardless of whatever happens. Uh, and, and of course, we see that FIDE have been doing it for uh, for many times over the past years, and that's that that shouldn't be the case. And and definitely, I I understand Magnus's concerns, and, and actually, I I also. Um, firmly stand that we we need to take take them into consideration because also as a chess player I, I do understand what what he's talking about preparing for for a world championship match six months uh, every two years uh, it, it's indeed challenging and also not 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 quite clear whether it's uh, uh, it's a good thing to do in terms of a chess career so I, I would say on 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 FIDE side what FIDE absolutely have to do is to make sure that. First of all, the, the, the procedures and, and the rules and, and the World Championship cycle, they are well established and they're adequate and understandable for everyone. Also, there is a good time frame and timeline for, uh, for the competitions uh, of the World Championship cycle. Also, that everybody understands, okay, here uh, we have like this year, we have World Cup, then we have, uh, let's say, candidates matches and, and, and so on and so forth. And we see that, you know, historically, we keep on changing those things uh, just based on, on some uh, circumstances, which, which also should not be the case. So in this regards, we definitely need to think strategically and, and think like how uh, the world championship cycle would look like in five years, in 10 years. And my personal view that um, uh, and the, 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 the whole idea of uh, world championship title, it's uh in a way very very important for, for the chess world we only have uh, 16 world championship world champions uh, uh for in history of chess and i think uh, we, we need to preserve those, those traditions because chess of course it has to be modern but at the same time to to be in line with tradition so it sounds like yeah. 
you wouldn't you wouldn't change the current cycle, but you might be open to some tweaking of uh, future cycles. Well, again, like let, let's be careful with that. I think that the idea of changing cycle it should not be uh, relied uh, on one person only. It shouldn't be decision of president or let's say of uh, man like like one person from management board, let's say Fide General or or anyone else. It's really need to be an adequate decision that adequately communicated to to the chess community. Okay, here here is the the cycle. So and and that's how it looks like, and and that and we think it, it should be this way because of this and that, and 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 also of course the discussions with with the world champion with uh, uh, with broader chess community. It it has to happen before that, not at the point where uh, now we have uh, world championship contender, we have world champion. And then we begin discussing with them how they would like to, to, to see the World Championship match, uh, when and where. Um, I'm not sure that the, the, the right way to do it. So definitely, if, if, if Magnus uh, has concerns, and, and, and he, he, he did have concerns, and he already expressed those concerns a long time ago, and apparently they were not addressed as of today. So that's, that's the main problem. And now... We were just ending up in a situation that we, we, we messed up everything and now we were like talking about what to do with that. So I think, to, to, first of all, we need to, to, to change uh, the management uh, to, to address this issue. Okay, yeah. Um, and I know some people were disappointed. For example, it was recently announced that the, the format of the FIDE Women's Candidates Tournament has been changed. I know that the FIDE World Rapid and Blitz in particular, I've heard a lot of disappointment amongst the competitors at uh, how late breaking the announcements can be in terms of uh, like when and where the event is going to take place in, in different years. Um, do you have any yeah. big visions? Or, I mean, sorry, feel free to follow up on that if you want, Andre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I, I just simply add to that. Uh, I completely agree with this point of view that it's, it's really puzzling to see that uh, women candidates tournament is reshuffled at the very last moment and the format is a complete surprise and, uh, for for the players for uh, spectators uh, and broader audience and, and the same happens to to other tournaments as well mm-hmm. um and do you have any visions for new tournaments or escalating of existing ones or um is that sort of too far down the line in terms of uh what you would do if elected Oh, frankly, it's it's indeed a little too far uh, in the line because first and first, most foremost, we need to to have a clear understanding of what goes on. There are so many things that are not transparent inside FIDE that uh, the very first thing also that has to be done, uh, it's a comprehensive audit of, uh, of what we have and what we do and where we stand at. Uh, because when also FIDE uh, under Dvorkovich uh, leadership have been declaring that uh, we are adding new tournaments like uh, Grand Swiss. Uh, it's indeed I agree with Peter Peter Heine who, who says that uh, actually it's not uh, not bringing new tournaments to the chess world. It's it's just having existing tournaments and just appointing uh, or just kind of giving delegating them to determine uh, spots in, in in the candidates tournament. Uh, so technically, it's it's really not uh, broadening. Uh, uh, kind of uh, our global chess scope uh, let's put it this way so that, but but definitely the strategical and, and general vision is to uh, get more people involved into chess and um, and definitely uh, to, to to serve this mission we, we we do need more tournaments we do need uh, 
uh, new and fresh ideas on, on the world championship cycle as well. And uh, at the same time, we, we need to think about online chess, uh, about pre pretty much all, all the venues, how we uh, might popular can uh, populate chess and promote them globally. Okay. And, and Andre, if you were elected, would you continue in your current job as a senior associate at PricewaterhouseCoopers, or would you just be focused on FIDE? Well, the, the thing is that uh, FIDE president position is, is unpaid position, as well as uh, all, all the positions in, in FIDE council. That's why I still need to, to make living, and uh, as of now, I plan to, to continue working in PricewaterhouseCoopers, but... At the same time, definitely, the presidency will take a lot of my time, so that's why I, I, I will continue working on, on the reduced schedule. Okay. I, I was a bit confused about the compensation thing because your colleague, Peter Hein Nielsen, has been tweeting. I'm, I apologize, I don't know all the details, but about it was recently released that there were like bonuses given to FIDE employees. Are you familiar with this story, Andre? Yeah, so this story is related to FIDE management, and indeed, uh, FIDE management, uh, those positions are paid, uh, unlike uh, so-called, let's call them uh, FIDE political positions, like president, deputy president, vice presidents, uh, treasurer, and, and uh, secretary. Uh, but the management positions, the, the ones that you can also see on the FIDE website, and, and those uh, um, uh, those FIDE stuff that you don't see on the website, those positions are obviously paid. And um, uh, of course, to those bonuses, uh, first of all, it's not clear what, what the compensation of uh, feed the management is. And second, yeah, it's, uh, which is even more outraging is that uh, those bonuses are determined by the president uh, himself, which also quite puzzling and, and not, not clear why, uh, why president or treasurer, they, they make decisions, unilateral decisions, whether to... to give bonuses or not to give, whether to raise them or not, uh, especially if there is no specific policies into that. Okay. And Andre, something else we should talk about um, is how FIDE officials are elected. As we mentioned, it will take place August 7th at, uh, um, yeah. at the FIDE Grand Council um, during the Olympiad. Um, so most of these people, and they're selected, correct me if I'm wrong, but by delegates from something like 195 countries. Now, uh, I checked the FIDE website. I wasn't certain. Is it one vote per country or is it, or are there delegates per country? And obviously, most of the people listening, unfortunately, won't be voters. So next up, we'll talk about what people can do. But um, do you know how it works with the delegates voting? Uh, yes, it is uh, one vote per one member federation. And, and each federation designates a delegate who, who will be voting in person in Chennai. Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and the voting is a secret ballot, so ultimately we 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 won't know uh, who exactly vote for uh, for which candidate. Yeah, and I know that in the past you you alluded to Kasparov's election in two thousand fourteen. Uh, there have been allegations of impropriety in terms of um, how how the delegates choose who to vote for. Um, I, I gather, as a grandmaster, you've heard these stories over the years. Yes, uh, well, actually, for those who follow uh, those feed the politics, they, uh, they they know this story, those stories very well, and uh, and of course, it's uh, uh, in in general, it's it's quite shameful to 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 have those stories year after year. I mean, like every election, um, because definitely there is huge pressure and, and influence on on the delegates on the member federations, which uh, which should not be the case, and of course. 
if we want to to have feed the uh, adequate to the times we need to make absolutely our best to to see it as a transparent thing how how the elections go uh, why delegates they make some decisions why they don't uh, do the report about their decisions to to the, their board members to the chess players who belong to their federations and so on yeah i'm i'm certainly in favor of uh, more transparency in terms of uh the voting. And if, if anyone listening, whether they're sympathetic to what you've said, Andre, or not, but if they, if they feel like they want to support a certain candidate, but um, they're not delegates, is, is there anything they can do? What, what, what should one do if they want to support, for example, uh, your candidacy? In, in general, I think the best strategy would be to uh, to reach out to your uh, member federations and uh, talk to them directly. And it's a, it's also a good uh, a good purpose just to to, to to be acquainted with them because uh, what I see that many chess players don't even know uh, who's sitting in the member federations that uh, they represent, uh, and definitely that 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 has to be um, um, to, to be different and. Uh, uh, and to what to do? Uh, yes, please reach out to uh, to your federations, discuss with them uh, what happens, uh, share with them your vision, uh, who you would like to support, uh, who would you like to see uh, the next president of FIDE, if you're satisfied or not satisfied with with current situation and uh, and things like that. And of course, it's, it's important to uh, raise awareness because I think uh, what also happens, and uh, that's one of the reasons why and those FIDE elections, they uh, they go the way they go, um, not very clear and not very public because many people, even inside of chess world, they, they, they ignore those elections. They they feel like it's something that uh, is not related to them personally. And uh, I, I just have a feeling and also uh, I must admit that it's, it's partially my feeling too, that I'm a chess player, I play chess, why, why should I care about uh, chess politics, why should I care uh, who is in my uh, chess federation? Whether they vote for uh, for a good person or not, whether they and do whatever they like, and that's why I think that there is quite detachment between uh, federations and uh, and chess players. Yeah, makes sense. And we should say that FIDE on their webpage uh, describing the election, they do have a list of the delegates from each country, and uh, the chess world can be pretty small. So whether you know the delegate from your country personally or not, um, there's, de- there's a decent chance you can send them an email um, if, if one has a, um, a preference. Um, so, Andre, I think um, I've covered most of the election topics I had. I did want to talk a little chess as well. It seems like uh, it would be a waste not to. So you mentioned in an interview with Chessbase that, that the King's Indian is your favorite opening for, for both sides. Uh, well, n- not exactly. I, I mentioned the uh, Yugoslav uh, variation of, of the King's opening. Oh, sorry, of King's Indian. Yeah. Uh, so um, I- I- indeed, uh, it's uh, it's quite a specific line, uh, not very popular. Uh, but since I've played it a lot uh, for both sides, and also I had uh, a few very prominent and uh, memorable wins, uh, that's why I. Uh, I really picked this opening, and uh, it sounds a little original to have the same one for both sides, but uh, <laughs> but th- th- that's truly the case for me. Okay, and what what memorable wins? Like, what's your favorite win uh, from either side of uh, the Yugoslav variation of the King's Indian? Yeah, so with, with Black, I uh, I won uh, Ilya Mijnik. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Fel- in, your fellow the- Ukrainian-American. <laughs> 
Yes, my, my, my fellow indeed Ukrainian American with whom I played a lot uh, during uh, our, our youth career and then uh, even here in the, in the US. Uh, uh, Ilya is five years younger than me, but, but he's obviously uh, were, were, uh, more prominent in, in his uh, youth tournaments and that's why we, we competed a lot. So he, he already was uh, pretty bright to, to compete with uh, older guys and that, that's how we ended up playing each other quite quite a lot and uh it's memorable because it was my um the, the tournament where, where i got my first uh, grandmaster in norm and uh and at that tournament i had to win i think uh three games in a row uh, to, to to get the norm and uh, this win was uh, was the first one in, in the series and uh for white i actually had a, a few games uh, i uh one against uh, Igor Kornosov and uh, also I won uh, against Maxim Turov uh, when I uh, I got my second uh, Grandmaster Norm. Excellent. And I think you're pretty busy with your job right now. Um, but do you are you playing many tournaments? Do you play much Blitz online? I mean, and that's obviously with this election. I'm guessing you have even less time. But prior to that, were you doing much chess? uh not really actually for the those two years of pandemic uh actually we're already in our third year um there are just a couple of reasons for that first of all i really like uh, over the board chess uh, much more and uh, it's quite disappointing for me not to have uh to, to have lower access to to live uh, to um, offline tournaments uh, but, but of course, I do play online chess, and uh, as you correctly pointed out, with, with the elections and, and with my current job, uh, really, it's not not possible to to, to combine uh, all of that. But but I did, the last time I think I did play in in the friendly match with uh, uh, Poland, it was just just a month ago. Uh, I think that was the latest time I played. Okay. Well, hopefully you can get back out there. Although, if you win, we'll we'll understand if uh, we'll understand if you don't. Um, so, Andre, it's been great to get to know you a little bit. Um, do you have any closing words, whether just about chess generally, or obviously about your uh, your campaign for a few day president? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sure. And actually, to to your question, uh, how to support. Uh, uh, definitely, I, sh I should mention that uh, please visit uh, the website of our campaign and uh, there you will find the ways to support us and uh, and really support is very much needed, uh, including the financial support as well. And basically what, what we do and how I uh, see this, that uh, we need this win uh, as a chess world. So uh, I'm, I'm really, it might not sound humble from my part, but I really do believe that I'm fighting not for myself, but uh, for the better future of the entire chess world. And Definitely, in this effort, uh, I need as much support as possible because uh, definitely here, here, in a way, we're underdogs. But at the same time, I think uh, the values that we we bring and that we're defending, they, they really make us uh, favorites. And uh, I, I do believe that ultimately, uh, uh, me and Peter Heine, we will have great chances to to get a win. And uh, and of course, on the website, you can see the. Uh, our advisory board that we have, uh, advisory board of our campaign, and, and I hope that uh, these people will also uh, put their uh, ex expertise and, and uh, in, in, into feed, and then it will be also an excellent advisory board to to our team, to our management, and uh, to to feed in general. And of course, uh, all the support is much appreciated, and that's why uh, please at least 
uh, see the website, uh, also share your thoughts with us. Uh, please also uh, share it to, to as many outlets as possible. And, uh, and uh, I think in general, we just need to raise more awareness to, to the upcoming elections in the chess world. And ultimately, it's going to be up to the chess world to decide uh, uh, what future of uh, feed uh, we see. Okay. Well, Andre, we'll be sure to, to place a link to to your campaign's website, as you mentioned. And uh, you do mention on the website, as you just did now, um, that you, in order to pay for travel, donations are helpful. Um, I know, again, on the Chicken Chess Club, it's been a hot topic of discussion whether Peter Hine will be going to the Olympiad. But how does it work as a candidate? Are you definitely going or is that still t- to be determined? No, I'm definitely going. Um, yeah, it is to be determined how many team members we can get there. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but I myself, absolutely, I already have a ticket and uh, I, I will be in Chennai. I will be during the entire Olympiad and uh, definitely it's 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 must to be. Okay. And everyone, uh, I've heard a lot of talk amongst the people competing in the Olympiad about visa issues for getting to Chennai. Are you okay in that regard? Oh, frankly, I applied to my visa just yesterday and... Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed then. Yeah, well, uh, I don't expect any problems in this regard. I, I already played in India uh, back in 2015. Actually, it was um, the new year of 2014 to 2015 and uh, uh, had no issues at all back then. And, uh, hopefully, I, I won't have this time. Okay. Well, Andre, we appreciate you taking the time to tell us more about your campaign and uh, safe travels to India. And obviously, we're all hoping, regardless of the FIDE election, uh, we're rooting for this uh, this conflict in your native Ukraine to end yesterday, but barring that as, as soon as possible. Yes, thank you so much, Ben. I greatly appreciate the invitation. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, but most of all, thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you all on the next episode. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.